concerning the events that surrounded this spectacular moment. The Bible says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through, his, through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want to take some time this evening just to look at these words from the scripture. They shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Emmanuel principle, the, the truth and the reality that no one has to walk alone. And to consider the, the, the potential of the power of one presence, the power of, of his presence. Has anyone here ever experienced those moments in life when you felt as if God were far away? Yeah. Is there anyone here who, you know, considering yourself and, and your walk with God, that you've had those times, and, and maybe right now is one of those times when you would like a closer walk with God than what you're currently experiencing, even now? Yeah, I think I relate to that, too. Well, here's what we need to be challenged with, and this is the theme of, of what this is all about. So hear it loud and clear. In our pursuit of God, the fundamental principle that we must each grasp is that God wants a relationship with you more than you want a relationship with him. God wants a relationship with you more than you want a relationship with him. Let's go back to that moment of creation, to that very first relationship, that relationship that started in the Garden of Eden, Eden. Adam, man, not only truly a man, but also the man representing mankind, yet not to be separated from the fact that he was truly a man. He was placed in the Garden of Eden by God, and then we're given the impression that, that God walked with him. When the Bible says this, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam, man, God and man together. Just think about the potential of that right now. What would it mean to walk that closely with God? Now, there was only one requirement in, in keeping this uh, reality consistent and going. There was only one Thing that God asked the man in order to protect this relationship. And this is the way it went. It says, the Lord God took the man, put him in a garden, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. You will surely die. That word die, we need to understand, means to be absent from life. I, I, I consider it this way, that darkness is to be void of light. Cold is to be void of heat. And death is to be void of life. God is life, and so what God is saying is the moment you eat of it, you will be separated from me. You will be separated from life. Well, the sad reality is that... Uh, Adam and Eve ate that fruit, and the story would have been the same for you and me. And the Bible says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So here's God who wants a relationship with man, but now man is hiding from God. 
God is crushed. And the sad reality is that man has been hiding from God ever since because God is light and we don't like the things that God tends to expose. But the good news is, is that God refused to give up on man and all through history we see evidence of him connecting with specific individuals. One of those I'm going to show you in just a moment. All the way up until this great night, this terrific night when God was born in a manger and became man, the God-man. In fact, nine months previous to this, God let Joseph in on what he was going to do. This Joseph would have the responsibility for raising this child when he announced, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Emmanuel principle, the power of presence, the reality that God desires to be with you. Now, I know that in talking this way, there would be someone here who would protest this and say, yeah, but that was a long time ago. Besides, isn't Jesus in heaven now anyway? Well, the answer to that would be yes and no. Just before Jesus departed in what we call the ascension, he spoke these words to his closest followers. He said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that age that he was talking about is the age that you and me are living in right now. It's called the age of God's favor when God is reaching out to all who will receive him and offering mercy, not counting men's sins against them anymore, but allowing those sins to be covered through what Christ accomplished on the cross in order that man can once again have a relationship with God. So someone says, well, how can Jesus possibly be on heaven and on earth at the same time? Well, I'm glad that you're asking these questions because they're all setting me up for where we need to go with this. Uh, <laughs> when Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age, he let the disciples in on what that meant, and he gave this promise. He said this to them. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. And then he says this. He says, I will come to you. Jesus says, I will come to you in the form of the Holy Spirit. So by the Holy Spirit, Emmanuel, God with us, is the reality of the presence of Christ as we do life in this world. And when you accept Jesus to be your forgiver, and your leader in life, and you say, hey, I don't want to go my own way. I want to learn the ways of God. I want to learn the ways of Christ. It's at that point that Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, takes up residence in your life and begins to empower you to begin to walk with you, to begin to be with you on this journey called life. Once again, what we see here is God saying, I want to be with you more than you want to be with me. And then if we play this out to the very end of the age, and we look at this in the book of Revelation, when God establishes the new kingdom, he says these words, And I heard a voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, 
and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their father. Friends, the story, the Bible, is the story of God's great desire to be with you. The Emmanuel principle. It's the power of presence. You don't have to walk alone. And I've discovered, in fact, this is what caused me to come to faith in Christ, that there are some very real ways that God shows himself in the lives of those who are walking with God. And I just want to quickly give you four of them, okay? Just walk through them really fast. The first is this. To have God with you means courage amidst life's struggles. Courage amidst life's struggles. I, I told you earlier that prior to Christ's coming, God was showing himself to specific individuals. And one of those individuals was a man named Joshua that God was about to use in some incredible ways. And before he let Joshua go forward, he said this to him. He said, and this, this is God to us because it's who God is. And you need to hear this tonight. Listen to it. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Could say, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Does anybody here ever get discouraged? Huh? No? Wow. Do the things of this world ever frighten you and you're concerned about where they're leading? Uh, recently, just a few weeks ago, in fact, I, I had a surgery. And the surgery, well, it, it was a big deal because I'm a man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it put me down for two weeks, and I think it was awesome because in that two weeks, God wanted to speak into my life just some simple truths that I already knew, but it was almost as if God was saying, now from this point on, this is what I want you to remember. Number one, I am with you. And number two, I am able. You want to talk about reassurance and strength because God being with us means courage even in the most difficult battles of life. Then the second thing, knowing God is with you means guidance amidst life's uncertainties. Guidance amidst life's uncertainties. There's two Bible verses that just come to me so often, especially when I'm talking to people who are needing direction. The first one that I love is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where God says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. The other one is from James 1.5, where the Bible says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And that is such an awesome verse, because it reminds me that when I don't know what to do next, and when I'm at that place in life where I sense there's a, there's a dead end and I don't know which way to turn, if I will just stop and recognize the presence of God that somehow out of that I have, and I don't want to make this sound superfluous or superficial, I get the guidance that I need. It's a benefit of walking with him. The other thing, the, the third thing, benefit of this power of presence knowing God is with you is a sense of truth amidst much confusion 
there's a lot of confusion in our world today. People don't know what's truth. People don't know it's a lie. People don't know who's spinning the story. We don't know who's getting it right. The idea of there being any kind of compass in life, a moral compass, anything to give us direction is kind of looked down upon. And, and you take the concept of absolute truth and, man, people go right through the ceiling but friends, as a result of the smart culture that we live in, this culture that has been so blessed, becoming arrogant, we are left with doubts, we are left with fears, we are left with craziness, and we are left with a bunch of confusion. But the Bible says this, it says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Well, what does that mean? That means if there's confusion out there, it's not coming from God. It's coming from somewhere else. And, and Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There is truth, my friends. There is guidance. There is a compass. And it comes with walking with the Lord. The fourth thing that I've, I've observed in those who are, who are learning to walk with God is joy amidst great sadness. Listen to this psalm, an expression of this joy. The writer says to God, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. Listen, I know somebody who is driving in the car one day with the presence of God singing Joyous praise to God, not thinking anybody was noticing, only to realize the car behind him was saying, look at that guy singing crazily in that car. <laughs> oh dear, that happens. I know a person whom somebody approached and asked, can I work for you? You seem to have so much fun when you're working. I know someone like that. In fact, I've known people who suddenly find themselves skipping or want to shout with joy in a moment when they realize that God is with them, God is able, and God is in control. Real things I know real people have experienced because the Lord is with them. And the good news tonight is that God wants to be with you more than you want to be with him. And in the events of that first Christmas, it was proclaimed, they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this Christmas Eve, I want to challenge you not to walk alone from this point forward in 2013, but to acknowledge, to recognize that God wants to walk with you. Are you hiding Hiding basically results or looks like going my own independent way without any surrender to the mighty God. But friends, there's a chance to turn. We call it repenting, to get our eyes off ourselves and our paths and to get our eyes on Christ and to say, Christ, I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my forgiver and to recognize that little baby born in a manger came to be the sacrificial lamb who would take your sins to the cross and then to the grave in order to make a way for you to stand before your heavenly Father with confidence. And that's the truth. That is the truth. Tonight, won't you, won't you put your faith in what Jesus did and begin to walk with him. Just tell him.
Lord, I recognize I've been hiding from you. I recognize I've been doing life my way, and I see where it's getting me, but tonight I'm coming home. I'm putting my faith in Christ. I want you to be my leader and to be my forgiver. Thank you for hearing my prayer now. In Jesus' name, amen. And if that's been the desire of your heart, tell somebody, get baptized. Get around some believers who are truly walking the walk, not just church people. Share with them and let them share with you so that you can grow in that walk. This can be the greatest year ever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in people's lives through your spirit and through your son. All glory and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just continue to sing together.